Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. you to turn to Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, hallelujah, this time next year, I want you to be better and not bitter, how many want that for your own life, to be better and not bitter, you know the adversary, the enemy, the Bible says he goes about as a roaring lion. Didn't say he is a roaring lion. Says he goes about as one, seeking whom he may devour. If I say, not me. me. Say it again, not me. me. So you've got to make a decision not to allow the enemy to devour you. One of the great tragedies of Christianity is that many churches today have backed away from anything uh, when it comes to the teaching of the Word of God, anything controversial, uh, anything or that there could be any, uh, uh, in any way construed as, uh, as offensive or, uh, you know, uh, don't want to step on anybody's toes, want to be all-inclusive, and God loves everybody all, we're all in the family of God. Well, then, you know, that's not true. You're not in the family of God till you're born again, till you make Jesus your Lord and Savior. You know, so, so there's a lot of people today that, that when you teach the Word of God, uh, for what it says, for what it is. And, I, and we're, we're the type of church, we just take the, take the Word of God at face value. Uh, we, don't, we don't put an interpretation. We don't spin it. Amen. Amen. We don't try to put a spin on it. Uh, you know, the Bible uh, says very clearly, you must be born again. So we got born again. Yeah. Amen. It talked about being filled with the Holy Ghost. We got filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. It says, by His stripes or by the stripes of Jesus, we're healed. So we believe God will heal your body. Amen. Yeah says that uh, he'll supply all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ. You know, that's what the Word says, so we believe God will prosper you. Now, when you, when you fall into that category of, of, uh, of a believer, certainly you can be uh, called a radical. You could be called all kinds of different things. Uh, but here's the good news. If you fall into that category, the Word will work for you. <laughs> Amen. Don't you want the most powerful thing in the universe working for you? I guarantee you you do. And so in this day, in this age, you know, society, you've got to understand, church, we live in a society that's, that's, that's pretty messed up. I was listening to a preacher the other day. He made a statement. I thought it was really good. It was really neat. He said, uh, he said you know, they, they, they claim they found life on Mars. You know, they found a little bit of goo up there, and they say, well, you know, that, there's life on Mars. But they won't recognize the life in the womb of a mom and of a mother. But they say some goo on Mars has. Like, come on, what kind of world are we living in? I was looking at a news program this week that were talking about all the great events of 2013 and a, a particular event that had taken place that basically uh, uh, declared that, you know, marriage can be anything we define it as, not what God defines it. And all the victory that was, and all everybody talked about, and all the accolades that were given to the people that were, listen, still marriage is between a man and a woman according to the Word of God. Amen. Amen. So we live in a world that, is, that has gone crazy. Uh, the world system, uh, and in the church world, many of the churches of today uh, won't declare anything according to the Word of God, won't stand with the Word of God. They've gotten into the, their own uh, spin, their own philosophy, their own psychology, their own religion, 
And then there's a group of people, God always raises up a remnant of people that'll just stand with the word. Just, you know, if the word says it, bless God, that's what we're going to believe. Whatever the word says, that's what we're going to believe. Now, if you are in that category, which I believe you are if you're in this church this morning, you've got to make a decision not to be the type of person that's easily offended. There are a lot of people, uh, uh, Christians today, that basically have walked away from what I would call a move of God in their own life personally or in a church or in, a, in an area or a region. And they've walked away from that which God was doing because they feel like they have now become a victim. Amen. Actually, that's what the word offense means is to be violated, to be victimized, uh, to be caused to stumble or fall. Now, you must understand your adversary, the devil, that is exactly what he wants to do to you. He wants you to end up feeling like or thinking that somehow you have become a victim of the Word of God or of the way that God chooses to do things or of the group of people that God connects you to. That is one of his greatest strategies. It's been that way ever since the Garden of Eden. I mean, in the garden, he actually, what he did was to get Eve offended. Did you know that? He made the woman think she was being held back by God. She made the woman think that there was a better way to do things other than God's way. And I wish that she wouldn't have fell for that. Because from that time till today, mankind has been this big victim. Victim of its circumstance. Victim of its ethnic background. Eth uh, victim of its geographical location. A victim of what it does have. A victim of what it doesn't have. You name it and they can make you a victim out of that. But now you've got to make a decision in your own heart and your own spirit that you're going to be a person that's unoffendable. If I could say the only, if I could say one of the big reasons that while I'm still here today, while I'm still in the ministry after 30 years of all the people I've met, of all the places I've gone, of all the churches I've ever been in, of all the moves of God I've experienced, I made a decision way back in the very beginning that I just wasn't going to get offended. That I just was not going to become this victim out there drifting around, mad at everybody, guarding my opinion, guarding my hurts, guarding my offense. I just made a decision. Hey, I'm just going to love God and love people no matter what that means, no matter what that does. And it, listen, I've had many of opportunity, many opportunities to just turn and walk away and say, forget this. But this is what I learned. Never, never judge God by the people that serve Him. And never, ever judge God by those who do receive or don't receive from Him. Only judge God by His Word and what His Word says. If you will do that, you will remain unoffended and you will fulfill your calling and destiny in life. Now, in studying this subject over the years, I've discovered three major areas in which people get offended. Number one, people get offended at the Word of God. Number two, people get offended at the way God does things. Number three, people get offended at people. You ever notice that? So we're going to look at these real quick this morning, and I'm going to believe God one of two things is going to happen. If you are offended or if offense is trying to get into you, you'll be delivered this morning by the word. Number two, for all of the rest of us, we're just going to get a booster shot. A re-inoculation, amen, so that we will become, listen, strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and so that we'll be a people that's not offended. No matter what happens, no matter the way that God chooses to do things, we will just be people that are unoffendable, amen. Now, did you find the gospel of Mark? 
chapter 4 in the Gospel of Mark, beginning there in verse 14. Mark chapter 4, verse 14, parable of the sower. Very important parable. It says in verse 14, the sower soweth the word. Everybody say the word. It says, and these are they which are by the wayside, where the word is sown. But, they, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Listen, don't be a wayside Christian. Don't let the devil steal everything that's, uh, that, that God tries to deposit in you. Don't let the devil steal it. You know, here's the thing. Uh, learn not to value your opinion so much. People, people tend to value their opinion so much that they use their fear and their offense to guard that which is wrong with them instead of submitting to the word of God and letting, letting him heal them and make something right about them. Amen. So don't be the type of person that every time the word of God is spoken or taught to you, the devil just reaches in there and says, hey, oh, that's not the way it is. That's not the way it is. No, no, make a decision. The devil's not going to have access to you. Amen. But now this second one here is one we want to talk about. It says, these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness, have no root in themselves, so endure but for a time afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake. Everybody say for the word's sake. Immediately they are offended. Now let me say this right up front. Anytime you come, we do our best. We pray. We seek God. I stay in a continual, uh, uh, how can I say that? I stay in a continual state of re-education. You say, what do you mean? I'm constantly reading books. I'm constantly listening to, 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 to CDs, to, to other teachers, to other preachers, to men that have gone before me that are successful in the things of God, constantly imparting into myself the Word of God, studying, meditating, memorizing the Word of God. You say, why? So that I can do my best to feed you the Word. I want you to have the word. I don't, listen, my opinion ain't going to get you healed. My opinion's not going to get you delivered. But the word of God will, amen? So I'm doing my best to give you in its purest form God's word. Here's what the word said. This is not my spin on it. This is not my twist. So if you come to Island Church, there's a pretty good chance if you'll hang around a little bit, you're going to hear the word taught. Now, when the Word of God is taught, remember this, that is the number one thing that intimidates, that demonstrates the defeat of, that keeps under our feet our enemy or our adversary, the devil. That's why the devil wants to do what? He wants to steal that Word out of your heart. He don't want you believing it. He don't want you confessing it. He don't want you standing on it. He don't want you anywhere near it. He wants you away from that Bible. I listened to one preacher, guy that was a friend of mine back in the day, uh, an evangelist. He said that he grew up Catholic, and in the Catholic church, they said, don't read the Bible, you'll go crazy. So he went to a, to a, to a church like this one, and, and, the, and the Holy Ghost started moving, and a woman got up and started dancing, and he said, I thought to myself, she must be reading the Bible. <laughs> Amen. Well, I want you to know reading the Bible won't make you go crazy. It'll keep you from going crazy. Amen. But you got to understand, every time that word is taught, every time that word, there's the adversary. He's there to try to get you to analyze it, to try to put a spin on it, to try to form an opinion. No, just take it at face value. The word is our answer. I said the word is our answer to every problem, to every situation. You may be going through hell on earth right now, but I've got good news for you. The word can get you out and give you a little slice of heaven to live, in, live on earth in. Amen? Amen. 
So if you'll make a decision, I'm not going to compromise the word. I'm going I'm to receive the word. I'm going to let the word of God, the Bible, the holy word of God come into my heart. It's going to be my most valuable possession, my most precious commodity. And I'm not going to let the devil steal it. I'm not going to let my opinions rob me of it. I'm not going to let my mindset destroy it in my life. But I'm going to receive it. And I want you to know you're going to find victory in life. You will find victory in life. Now the Bible talks about the word that is sown on stony ground. Now listen, listen, let's just be honest. Every one of us have a little area of our lives that's still a little stony. There is ground, but there's some stones sitting on top of the ground. We all should be in the process of removing the stones. So the Bible talks about those stony ground Christians who, number one, when the word of God is taught, they hear it. So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That means they're not just listening, they're hearing. The Bible says they immediately receive it with what? Gladness. Now, you know, there are times when the word is taught that you're not going to receive it with gladness. There are times when the word is taught when you're going to go, oh my God. I need to really make an adjustment here. Amen. And I've always noticed many times minor adjustments according to the word of God will make, get major results in your life. So immediately... You know, that word of God. Is, but then the Bible says, it's notice in Scripture, it says they have no root in themselves. Now, the best way to illustrate that is this. Every time you come to Island Church, I guess about 80, 75 to 80% of the time, I'm going to be standing in the pulpit and teaching the word of God. I'm the pastor of the church. That's what I'm called to do is to feed the flock of God. Now we have in-house ministers. We've got Brother Roland. We've got Brother Allen. We've got several others that can teach and preach the Word of God here. So sometimes when I'm not here, they may be teaching or preaching. We have special speakers that come in. We've got Brother Joe Morris. We've got Brother Danny Johnston. I believe next month we're going to have uh, Brother David George is going to come in and preach. We've got uh, uh, Pastor uh, Mark Brzee, Pastor Sam Carr, many of the others that have come. Now they're teaching you the Word of God. Now anytime you sit in a service and the Word of God is taught, what you are doing is you are partaking, you are eating out of the spiritual garden of that individual. I make sure that every person that stands in this pulpit is a person that I know will teach what they have proved. They're not teaching theory. They're not teaching, you know, some type of, well, let's try it and see if it'll happen. They always teach. They always preach. I always teach. I always preach only that which I have proved. I've heard people say to me before, why don't you preach on this? Or why don't you preach on that? Or why don't you preach on this or that? I hadn't proved it yet. When I get it proved out, I'll preach on it. Amen. But you can always tell. Uh, what was it this year? I was thinking back on some of the series that we went through. You know, we taught 17 weeks on faith. How many were here? You ought to have a little handle on faith after that. Amen. 17 weeks on the principles of faith. 17 weeks on faith. You say, why did you preach so long in faith? I proved it worked. I've proved it works. Everything that we have, everything we do, everything that we're doing, we're doing by faith. Amen. So when the Word of God is taught, you've got to understand it is God's opportunity for someone that is standing up here with a garden in their own life to feed you out of their garden, their spiritual garden, so that you might grow a spiritual garden. I've always used the illustration of the, of the gold rush in 1849, Sutter's Mill, up by, by uh, San Francisco in, in uh, California. Man, the East Coast emptied out. People going to get rich, going to get rich, going to get rich. Did you know very few did? Did you know very few people got rich? Most people died by the streams panning gold. 
getting a little nugget here, a little nugget there, a little dust here, a little dust there, going to the store, uh, getting a few more, uh, getting a few more bullets for the gun, a few more uh, bags of grain for the mule, a new pan to pan with. Most of them died on the nuggets. But there were two families that removed the mountain. Everybody say, move the mountain. And they found the vein that was feeding all the streams, and it changed their family for generations to come. Now, the same thing's true of the Word of God. There is a vein of revelation in the Word, and you can come and be a spectator of those that are discovering it, or you can make a decision, I'm going to discover it myself. Because if you don't, then your adversary, the devil, will get you offended at what the Word says and the demand that it puts on your life. Say, say you were concerned about your eternal destiny. People that aren't born again ought to be concerned. So you go around to different churches and you hear different things that are taught. Many of them will say this, join our church and you'll be okay. Well, if you come here, join our church. If you join our church, you'll die and go to hell. Let me just help you real quick. Amen. You say, what? No, no, no. You can't join Island Church and go to heaven. The Bible says, Jesus said it, you must be born again. But see, you've got an opinion. You've got an idea. So you come and you hear born again, born again. What does that mean? Saved. What does that mean? Believe in my heart. Confess with my mouth. The Lord. What does that? I, I think I think I'm good enough. So you walk out with your opinion offended at what the Word of God says. I used the illustration in the early service this morning about finances. Say you're, you're, you're having struggling with your finances and you just need a breakthrough. So you come to Island Church and you hear, give your money. And you're thinking, give my money? I want somebody to give me some money. But the Bible says to do what? Give, and it'll come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Then it talks about all the ways God will bring finances and blessings, but you've got to trust God with your finances. But see, a lot of people get offended at that. Amen? So you've got to make a decision. No matter what the Word says, I'm not going to get offended. I'm going to allow the Word of God to form my opinions. I'm going to allow the Word of God to be the standard for what I believe. If you will do that, then the Word will do more than just heal your body. It'll do more than just save your soul and, and cause you to be able to go to heaven. It'll do more than just prosper your finances. It'll start working on your character. You ever heard a message preaching and you thought, oh, man. I'm going to have to wear that one. I've heard a few of them in my life, amen. That's what the Word will do. But see, many times the Word is preached, and all of a sudden the Bible says what happens? Persecution or affliction arises for the Word's sake. For a time, some people have a time limit on them. Well, I'm going to try this thing out. Let's see here. It's uh, Sunday. Let's give it about two weeks. In two weeks, if my ship hadn't come in, well... Well, here's the good news. Your ship's already came in. I'm just trying to teach you how to unload it. Amen. It came in when Jesus rose from the dead. It came in when he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Now you can be born again. Now you can be healed. Now you can prosper. Now you can be blessed. Amen. But see, the enemy wants to come in and say, well, you know, here's the time factor. Here's the time factor. See, when the time goes by and you haven't received yet, what are you going to do now? And then a persecution. Or after, we talked about finances. You say, well, Pastor, I, I'm going to believe the word. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to offer. You, give, you write that tithe check out. You write that offering check out. You put it in the offering. 
Then next week, you have two flats on your car. Your washing machine breaks down. Your dog chews your favorite pair of shoes up. You get a brown letter in the mail. Everybody get a brown letter? Not, not one of the good brown letters, one of the bad brown letters. The IRS writes you and says, we want more money, amen? No, you say, this thing doesn't work. No, you're just being persecuted. It's always good. Everybody say good. It's always good when something negative happens because of your stand on the Word of God. It is an indication that your faith has taken hold, that you've stepped into an arena in which the Word's going to work for your, in your life and the devil's doing everything he can do to try to get you to back off. That's not a sign to run, amen? That's a sign to rejoice. So everybody say, I will not. I will not get offended at the Word. I will let the Word do what it's supposed to do. Amen. Now go to Matthew. Matthew 11. Now this, this, we can tie these two together. Matthew 11. This one here, buddy, buddy, buddy. I'm sure glad the Lord gave me this revelation years ago. Or it would have been, I would have had some real problems. Chapter 11. Let's just begin in verse 1. It says, and it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples. How many disciples do we, any disciples we have in here this morning? Three, four, five. Good. Jesus still retains the right to command you. Amen. He departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John, speaking of John the Baptist, had heard in the prison. Everybody say, in the prison. Ooh, in the, the works of Christ. He sent two, his, two of his disciples and said, Art thou he that should come, or should we look for another? Well, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. John the Baptist. We're here in Matthew. So you could go study Matthew 3 and see where John the Baptist was down at the Jordan River. He was the fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah. The Bible called him the voice crying in, does anybody know? The wilderness. Make ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Remember what John said about Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He said, I'm baptized with water, but there's one coming after me whose shoe latchet I'm not worthy to tie. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Remember that? So this guy, he was this on fire preacher, preaching, brother, I mean, people were coming up out of the water after the baptism of John, confessing sins, getting right with God, making adjustments, doing all kinds of, now we find him where? In the prison, in the prison, hold on, hold on, where's the prison? The prison's in the city of Jerusalem. So right off the bat, we can figure out one thing. John left his place because he was the voice of one crying, not in the city, but in the wilderness. And when he went to the city, he got in trouble. See, offense will always get you out of your place. It will always get you out of your place. It will always cause an anger in you. It will always cause you to be upset and mad. Amen? So here's John. It says, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto him, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame are healed. Lepers are cleansed. Deaf hear. Dead are raised up. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Now notice what Jesus says. And blessed. Everybody say blessed. That means empowered. Blessed. Empowered is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. It's actually saying this. This is actually what I'm not interpreting. I'm just telling you exactly what it's saying. Jesus is saying you are blessed. You are empowered when you are not violated, victimized, or caused to stumble or fall at the way I choose to do things. 
Your greatest deliverance, church. Your greatest deliverance. And we've said it how many times? We we might get a sign and put it up here. Your greatest deliverance is the day you get delivered from being God. You quit calling the shots. You quit doing it. You give him your all. You say, okay, Lord, you, whatever you say, that's what we'll do. If you don't say it, we won't do it. But if you say it, we'll do it. Could have John. Now, let's just speculate just for a moment. He's in prison. He's upset. He's questioning the revelation that gave him his identity. Amen. He, he, he's, he's, he's facing execution. Well, let me just help you. It's not the will of God that John should be beheaded. That, 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 that was the adversary. That's the devil. The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. God didn't want to kill John. I guarantee you, John should have been in the upper room. He should have got filled with the Holy Ghost. Spoken in other tongues, entered into a New Testament prophet's ministry, and probably become an apostle. But he didn't. He died. Could not. Let's not let this in. We're not going to print some book, some great doctrine, some. But could John have desired to have been chosen by Jesus as a disciple? Could could sure he could have. He saw the signs. He saw the wonders. He saw the miracles. He probably thought, I'm qualified. I'm a prophet. I'm operating in my ministry. What's he doing in Galilee? Choosing commercial fishermen. Why is he talking to Matthew, the tax collector? Why is he choosing Judas Iscariot? Everybody knows he's a crook. Even Jesus knew it. Amen. Jesus knew what he was going to do before he ever chose him to be a disciple. He chose him anyway. So in all of that, he probably thought, well, he keeps walking by me. He keeps walking by me. He keeps walking by me. Instead of just staying steady. Say, what do you mean? Just keep on preaching, John. Just keep on staying out there in the wilderness. Keep on preaching. Don't get offended at the way God chooses to do things because he is God and he knows better and he knows how to do it. And if you will let God be God, I guarantee you it will work out in your life. Boy, I remember several times in my life, uh, I I came back to the Lord and, and I went to Bible school and things were good and doors were opening. And I, and I was preaching in full gospel businessmen meetings and churches around and things were happening. And I went to a little church over in Lamarck, Texas, and there's about 20, 25 people. And I preached a message there and they gave me a little offering. I went home and, and was getting ready to do something else a couple of days later. And the Lord spoke to me. And at that time I was going to Lakewood Church in Houston. Uh, Brother John Osteen was the pastor. The church had about 5,000 members. It was doing great things. Uh, the year I was in Bible school, we gave four and a half million dollars to missions that year. That was in 1984. Amen. So God was blessing, and I, and I was, oh, I loved going there. I never missed a service. If I wasn't preaching myself, I was in church. And I remember praying one day, and the Lord spoke to me and said, now you leave Lakewood Church, and you go join that little church in Lamarck that, that, that meets in a funeral home. And, I, and the, for the first two times I heard that in my spirit, I bound the devil. I said, uh-uh, no, that's the devil. That's the devil. That's the lying devil. He's trying to come against, my, come against my vision, come against my dream, come against everything that God's calling me to do. How dare you, devil? I bind you in the name of Jesus. But you know, it doesn't take long to figure out who's talking to you. Because God has a way of talking to you. The devil can't talk to you like that. And God kept dealing with me and dealing with me. 
And I remember there was an old gentleman that I used to, 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 to hang around, Papa Ward, and I told Papa Ward, about, I said, what the Lord had told me, and he said, are you sure? And I said, no, I'm not sure. I am not sure. I'm scared, amen. And the Lord kept dealing. So fine. Well, I didn't know that's where I'd meet my wife. She was waiting for me there. Amen. Not only that, we spent 15 years. We saw a wonderful church grow up. It's still a wonderful church today. God's blessing them. God's doing all kinds of great things. We grew a tremendous field ministry, went all over the world. God blessed us, had our own building, had staff doing all kinds of stuff. Then, everybody say then. Then God spoke to me. About 1996. Said, I want you to shut down all this field ministry. And I want you to go to Galveston Island and start a church. You know what I said? You lying devil, you. Five years, I prayed, I fasted, I agonized. I was like, no way, no. I mean, in, in let's see, Roland can tell you, in, in 97, 98, 99, 2000, into 2001, we were doing 300 meetings a year. 18 states, 18 countries. Funny, it worked out that way. We were going all over the place. Huge doors were starting to open. We'd been on television several times. All kinds of stuff was happening. And I'm thinking, shut this down? Am I out of my mind? I talk to people out and say, you're crazy. No, 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 no. That, ain't, that is not God. That's so far from God. There's no way, no possible way. But see, the more you pray and the more you walk with the Lord and the more you understand things. And I got to the point, I said, oh my God, what am I going to do? You're going to let God be God. You're going to be let God be God. And we agonized. Lee and I agonized and we prayed. And we were in a meeting up in Houston. I was called to help dedicate a church up there. And there was an evangelist named Jeremy Walker and a young preacher's wife named Dodie Osteen. Anybody ever heard of her? And so I'm sitting up on the platform and she, she knows nothing about what's going on. All she knows is that we're one of her kids that's been out preaching for 15, 16 years. She stands in the pulpit. She turns around. She looks at me. She says, no, no, Rusty, you go down to that. Uh, you go down to Galveston Island. You start that church. You do what God's calling you to do. John and Jesus are watching you. Talking about her husband, John Osteen. He'd gone on to be with the Lord. John and Jesus are watching you. You go obey God. I said, yes, ma'am. We came home. We shut everything down. And the world went nuts. We became the craziest people on earth. But we stayed with it. And we prayed. And we started the church. And God began to bless. And people began to get saved. And people began to be. And here we are on the precipice of what? Building a new building. Seeing a, new, a whole new phase of ministry rise up. Look how God has blessed us this last year. We got a bus. We got a tent. We got all this stuff. We've been going around preaching the gospel. Give $150,000 in missions and giving. God is just blessing and increasing and blessing and increasing. And we're seeing it happen more and more and more. I'm glad I didn't miss it because I would have got offended. I'd have been traveling around, preaching one or two meetings a month, little old churches somewhere, mad, upset, miss God. But no, you cannot get offended at the way God chooses to do things. God is God. Let him be God. People get all figured out of the mind. Who are they going to marry? That's my wife. That's my husband. Let God be God. What they're going to do, how they're going to do it, let God be God. Let God be God. Let him be the lamp unto your feet. Let him be the light unto your path. And as you go down through life, then every time he makes a decision that goes contrary to your mindset, you yield to him. You say, you be God. You be the God. I'll be the, you be the shepherd. I'll be the sheep. 
And I guarantee you, listen, it's not going to mean you're going to be just so happy all the time. It's going to mean you're going to have some challenges. It's going to challenge your character. It's going to cause your faith to grow. But I guarantee you, it will be the greatest adventure you can live. Why live on earth and just go through, uh, I, I like to say it like this, why, let, why just live life till death runs its course when you can have an adventure in God? Amen? Oh, I tell you, God is so good. Now, the third way, everybody say the third way. People get offended at each other. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. If you go to church, like a church like Island Church that's multicultural, multiracial, multigrain, <laughs> you will find out not everybody is your best friend. There are people that you should love from afar. Amen. And it's amazing how God will put people in your life that you will think, Lord, how did this happen? That this person got into my life because God calls us to walk by love, not like. And so many people get offended at other people people because they cannot find common ground for like so instead of loving them they get offended well you know that so-and-so they're just an idiot <laughs> amen. amen i remember there was someone in my life and i did my best to stay as far as away from them as i could that made it easy for me to love them <laughs> But God always has a way of drawing them near to you. And so this individual kept being drawn near to me. And I was just struggling. I was like, you know, Lord, man, this guy. This just, man, I just, whew. I love him, you know, but it's all by faith. <laughs> this is what I found out about walking in love. We'll teach on this later. This will help you. Did you know faith and love work the same you say, what do you mean? Love doesn't work unless you confess it and act on it. You say, what do you mean it doesn't work if you, unless you confess it? Well, I've been married to Leah for how long? 27, 8 years now. Walk in love now, sweetie. And I tell her I love her every day. Don't I, darling? See, there, now there's our confession. She tells me she loves me every day. You know, I've heard people say, well, she knows I love her. Have you ever told her? Well, no, but she knows it. No, she doesn't know it. He knows I love him. Have you ever told him? No, you, she, they don't know that. You have to do it. Faith takes what? Confession and action. Love takes what? Confession and action. So this individual, I hadn't forgot about that guy. The Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to buy him a suit of clothes. I want you to suit, coat, tie, shirt, sock, shoes, underwear, the whole thing. And I'm thinking, you know, suit mark, two suits for $100. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we got you. We get you down to, down to the 
You know, and the Lord said, no, you let him wherever he wants to go, whatever he wants to do. And I'm like, oh, my God, no. So I reluctantly, everybody say reluctantly. Reluctantly, I called this individual up. I said, would you like to go and have lunch? And, and we'll go up by the mall, and I'd like to buy you a new suit. He, you know, he, wasn't hesitant. he didn't even hesitate. Great, praise the Lord, you know. I mean, That's a miracle of God. You know, I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, help me, Lord. And so then I told him, well, wherever you want to go. And, of course, he picks the most expensive store. Goes in, buys the most expensive shirt, shoes, tie, suit, pants, shoes. I'm going, oh, man, what an act of love, you know. But then in our conversation, he began to talk about how years before he had heard me speak at a certain church over in Houston. And from that day till this day, every morning he's got up and prayed for me in my ministry. I'm like, oh, man. Not really. Yeah, really. And I'm like... You know, so now I'm repenting and repenting to him and repenting to God and repenting to everybody else, not knowing. See, and the deal was, was I'd been around this individual a few times and every time I was, you know, I was like, you know, I don't want to get offended, so I'm going to stay away from you. Not realizing that that individual was praying for me, believing God with me, you know, getting our newsletters, doing all this kind of stuff, praying over our ministry. Every time we'd go somewhere, they were praying and doing, I did not realize that, see. So I missed a, a wonderful opportunity for many years. Now, that individual is a friend of mine to this day. Uh, we, uh, they were here at our, at our conference this year. Now, here's the thing, church. God will put people in your life that will go against the grain of your personality. See, we gather ourselves socially around like people with like interests, around people with like ideas. Like, you know, we all look the same and dress the same and act the same. But see, God will bring in different people into our life that he will say, now, here's how you will learn to walk in love. Because this person's just the opposite of your personality. He doesn't dress the way. She doesn't act the way. He doesn't talk the way. They're just, they're just totally opposite from you. And I'm putting this person in your life to teach you how love works. Because it's easy to like someone, but love is an effort. The divine agape type of love is an effort. And if you get offended at somebody and offended at people, and I know there are always people that will rub you the wrong way. And many times there are people, especially coming into a church, and they're so needy and they're so this and they're so that. And you think, man, why don't you just go away and leave me alone? How'd you get my number anyway? Amen. But God is putting those people in your life for an eternal purpose. So that he might perfect something on the inside of you. Listen, it helps rub the rough edges off. It helps smooth you around so that you can really rise up and walk in love so that your faith will work. Now let me say this and I'll close. My time's almost up. Anytime you're fixing to face a major challenge of faith where your faith really needs to work, God will give you an opportunity to walk in love. I mean, you walk into a situation and you're thinking, man, I, I really need to exercise my faith. I've gotten this diagnosis physically. I, I've got this thing in my, in my job or my business or in my family. I've got this financial issue. Man, I, I really, man, my faith needs to take hold and work. And I'm telling you, I'm going to press in and I'm speaking the word. I'm confessing the word. I'm standing on the word. I'm acting on the, And you look up and there's this person in your life and you're going, Yuck. 
come on, just be honest. I can't be bothered with this right now. This person's an idiot. I have bigger fish to fry. And God's saying, no, you better look at that person because I've sent them into your life to perfect something in you that will fuel your faith. So you have a choice whether to be offended, violent, become a victim of that person. Oh, yeah, I know that person. Yeah, you know so-and-so. Yeah, I know so. They're an idiot. The Bible says be careful. Be careful because you may entertain angels unaware. Amen. And God may have sent that person into your life to perfect your love walk so that your faith can be fueled so that it can take hold and begin to work. That's happened every time in Lee and I's life when we've had a major ministerial decision or a major personal decision. God sent somebody into our life that we were almost forced to make a decision. Lord, we're just going to love them. We're just going to love them. We're just going to bless them. We're going to pray for them. And listen, here's how it works. When you love like that, here's what you do. You do it in word and in deed. You don't do it in the, I love them. I love them. Amen. Let me just say this. There's all kinds of stuff. Stuff. Shotguns, surfboards, paintings, all kinds of stuff. Money, gold coins, all kinds of stuff. In the lives of people that I didn't like. Did you hear that? Let me try that again. Some of y'all need to hear it. There's all kinds of stuff. Stuff. Guns, surfboards, wetsuits, shotguns, gold coins, money. All kinds of stuff in the lives of people I didn't like. You say, what do you mean? Had to love them. Had to love them. Had to tell them, I love you. Had to write them a letter, I love you. Had to send them a gift, I love you. In word, in deed, in action. And the next thing, heart would change. Yeah, they're all right. I like them. I want to go on vacation with them. But I like them. I love them. Pray for them. Bless them. Not offended at them. Not offended at them. I've had them send it back. Blah! Don't want your gift. Don't want your gift. Blah! You know, and just, well, praise God. I love you. I love you anyway. I'll pray for you. Here's something, too. You cannot help but love anybody you will invest time and material in. You say, what do you mean time? Praying for them and giving them a gift. If you've got somebody in your life that so offends you, you ought to just go down and just say, you know, and you don't have to bankrupt yourself, but go down and buy them something and say, look, I just want to give you this gift. I just want to bless you. I just want you to be blessed. And in so doing, I want you to know that I'm praying for you and that I love you. And here's what most people say. Well, if I was to do that, I'd be lying. <laughs> this is the holy side over here. When I said it, I could tell people were like... You're not lying. You are acting on your love and love walk. Amen. You are acting on it. And in so doing, you're not lying because the type of love we are called to walk in is segregated, is separated from your feelings, from your emotion. It's easy to love people and like people you have feelings for. That's not the people God sends into your life. He sends the ones when there is no feelings, no emotion. You're like, there ain't nothing there, Lord. 
So don't get offended at your brother. Don't get offended at your sister. If you come to Island Church, you're going to be put into situations. We have outreaches. We go to camps. We do crusades. We have conferences. You have to work together with people. You have to interact with people. You mean I've got to sing on the stage with that knucklehead? Yeah. You mean I've got to work in the sound booth with that idiot? Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, I'll just go find me somewhere else to go to church. And what you do is you walk into another church full of people that you're forced to love. Because there's no perfect pastors, no perfect churches, no perfect people. You're not going to find that anywhere you go. What you will do is you will go from place to place to place, feeding your offense, feeding your anger, being a victim. And what you'll do is you'll end up out of church one day talking about those people and that church. And how right you are and how wrong they are. And the problem with offense, it spreads like the flu. People come in, sneeze at stuff on you. That's why when people start doing that to you when it comes to church and God and the Holy Ghost, you need to walk away and say, you're not going to affect me and infect me with that junk. Amen. Because we never claim to be inclusively right about everything. And what have we always said about Island Church? The biggest room in our church is not our sanctuary. It's back here in the back, a couple of doors over. It's called the room for improvement. That's the biggest room in our church and in our lives. So those three areas, guard yourself. The Word of God is going to come. It's the seed. You're the soil. The seed puts a demand on the soil. The seed says, give me your moisture. Give me your nutrients. Give me all you got. They gave you fertilizer. You can't keep it, soil. You've got to give it to me. And then what does, the, what does the seed do? It produces the life. The plant grows. The blessing comes. Secondly, let God be God. Let Him do things the way He chooses to do them, when He chooses to do them, and how He chooses to do them. That's not easy, church. Many times it's difficult. But if you will let God be God, in the end, you will be blessed. Thirdly, walk in love. It's not easy. You say, what do you mean? It's an effort. What's easy is to like people. What's an effort is to love people. If there's people in your life right now, you say, I'm in love. Then just make a decision. I'm going to love in word. I'm going to love in deed. And I'm not going to carry an offense. The word's not going to offend me. The way God does things is not going to offend me. And people are not going to offend me. And you will find a place of overcoming victory that you will live. It will be easy to sleep at night. And it will be easy to get up in the morning with joy in your heart. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You love the Lord? Hallelujah. Brother Frank, if you will, lift your hands and worship the Lord. Father, we bless you this morning. Thank you for your... Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409 770 9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.